Love You Later by podcast, The Psych Monologues. Today is July 22nd, and I am Dr. Ray Mitch, your host. And I am just returning from a uh, interesting, exciting, fun-filled, relaxing um, vacation up in Grand Lake, Shadow Mountain and Lake Granby areas. It's, it was a wonderful place to be. I had the unique experience of being able to sit on our deck and watch what I'm referring to as the hummingbird wars. Uh, hummingbirds are an amazing animal to watch. I have never seen a bird go 360 degrees hovering in midair. And uh, either I am a simpleton or I am uh, delighted by something as remarkable as a little animal as that. Uh, but I was mesmerized by uh, their territoriality around uh, the feeder we put out and uh, all the things that went along with it. But we had a delightful trip of kayaking, hiking, biking, uh, relaxing, uh, sitting around the fire and talking. Uh, and it was, uh, it was a fun time and it was a good time. So uh, it has been two weeks since I have been in front of the mic, uh, and I wanted to take some time to talk about a new topic for the day. Uh, and just to, by way of uh, schedule and uh, um, understanding of what's coming, um, uh, my plan is to finish up this series that I've been on just to get out of the gate. I've been referring to it as kind of a last lecture uh, comments and thoughts for uh, so many of my students that had graduated and lost a lot of things as a result of, of, of the pandemic. And the irony is, is we're going into more of the same, it would appear at least, uh, with school reopening only a few weeks from now. And, and uh, I, I, people are having to wear face coverings and face shields and all sorts of things, uh, accommodating people that are joining the class remotely and, and a variety of things. So uh, it, I, uh, it is my uh, delight to uh, sit and, and talk for a little bit uh, about various topics of interest. What's coming up, just to tease it and to give you a, a fix on what's coming up in the next few weeks, I will have a, a couple of different guest speakers or maybe more. Uh, to spend some time talking about silence and the silent retreat that we do at CCU and, and to give you a uh, idea or a, an experience that, through them of what they experienced through that. I'm hoping to have a very special guest join me in the near future to be able to have this conversation, maybe a little bit more long form than just the 25 to 30 minutes that I usually commit myself to to doing this podcast. So um, <clears throat> so that's coming up. And then after that, I'm not really sure where we're going to be going. I am uh, collecting and encouraging people to give me feedback and, and questions and things that they would like me to take some time to, to ruminate on and talk about uh, through the website. If you go to the website at drmitch.com and, and go under CCU and go down to the podcast uh, you, you will find a uh, form that you can fill out. And if there's something that you would like to hear me spend some time talking about, I would be more than happy to do that, all one of you that are out there listening. So um, 
So this is this is the topic I want to spend some time talking about tonight, and that really is uh, the question of uh, what does uh, encouragement actually mean? I mean, when you sit down with a friend who is discouraged, how do you go about encouraging them? And what I want to do is something just a little different, and then we'll get back to the topic at hand, and that is... Uh, the idea or the word encouragement. And, and I, I'm a little bit of a geek you, uh, about words. My students would probably attest to that. Uh, and encourage and the word courage is, is a fascinating word to me, partly because at the heart of the word is actually a word that betrays the heart, core. C-O-U-E-R in French is where we get the word cardiac or cardia. And uh, cour is, is uh, at the heart of the word courage. Somebody being moved by their heart to move on behalf of another or to uh, uh, stand up under a tremendous amount of, of adversity or, or um, difficulty. I think we would say that person is courageous. And so courage is outwardly uh, uh, motivated, outwardly directed. Um, But the word encourage is in a sense a way of uh, giving one courage. Uh, Enthralled, I mean, again, getting into being a little geeky about words, the the prefix N, E-N, uh, is is carries this idea of being uh, enthused, enthralled, and then encouraged. And so my question to you is, how do you go about encouraging someone else? And most of us, I think, generally speaking, is that when we see somebody discouraged, our tendency is to tell them things that they, we believe they need to hear in order to pick their spirits up or to, like I said, kind of give them courage. But I think the key to keep in mind when we're talking about encouragement is the center of that word in the word core or core is how in the world do I take the time to speak to someone's heart rather than tell them the things that they need to know in their head. And that's the challenge of encouragement. And that's why I asked the, the, the question, how do I encourage someone? Or better yet, even for those of you, like I said, all one of you that are out there listening to this, how do you go about encouraging somebody? Because either we have a choice to make in terms of either we tell them propositional truths, the things that they need to know, or we, we come alongside and um, speak to their heart with relational truths, like speaking and, and being just with them. I spoke in another podcast about Job's friends and the things that they did at the very the first seven days of, of being with Job and seeing the immensity of his anguish and his pain and his loss and everything else. And they did something in Jewish traditions that is referred to as sitting Shiva with somebody, which is essentially sitting with them in silence. And I would propose to you, and I would say that, that 
that um, even sitting in silence with somebody is a relational truth because it communicates their value and importance to you that you're willing to just be present with them and you trust that presence to speak to what? Their hearts. But our tendency is to be so outcome driven, so uh, results driven that we want to engineer an outcome by the words we use. And we believe that those words should be sufficient to be able to bring them up and to help their hearts be lightened somehow. Now, the thing that has to be said is that the motivations behind such things are all good. They're all good. There's nothing necessarily bad about that because ultimately what drives us to encourage another person is compassion, right? Is feeling with the other person, trying to help alleviate the misery and the pain that they, they he or she may be experiencing. But I would suggest to you this, is that instead of focusing our efforts on telling them things that in their mind they can cognitively assent to, all right? And what I mean by that is that I can, somebody can tell me, um, if, I'm, if I'm discouraged, they can tell me things that is, is true. As a matter of fact, it's absolutely true, whether that's uh, my value in God's eyes or my value in their eyes or my, uh, my ability to impact other people or whatever that might be. And that would be true. And I probably would obediently and compliantly nod my head and say, yes, yes, that's true. Thank you so much for telling me that. And walk away every bit as discouraged as I was when, I, when it began. And you, some people would look at that and say, well, you're just being stubborn. I mean, after all, your friend's trying to help you. The least you can do is, is uh, feel better, <laughs> to put it bluntly. And yet, I, our over-reliance on saying the right thing ends up being our over-focus uh, over on the importance of what we have to say than what that person needs to hear. And see, that's where the disconnect comes in. And that's what I think we have to look at and talk about when we're talking about encouragement. Because in a lot of ways, encouragement is more about the other person's needs and what they need to hear than what I have to say. And oftentimes, I think for all of us, myself included, and I feel the tug, even as a counselor, I feel the tug to tell some, somebody something more so than help to clarify what it is that they're experiencing or feeling at any given point in time. Because that's harder, right? I mean, I, I can solve the solution. <laughs> I can solve the problem of their discouragement by providing them with words to counterbalance that discouragement. On the other hand, I don't really believe, and I, I see a lot of people do this, I, th that they don't really believe that helping somebody own their own heart, knowing what's going on in that heart of theirs, and learning and coming around to accepting what those things are, they we honestly don't believe that that really matters or it really makes anything better. 
But the one thing I will say to you is I can't change what I won't accept. I can't change that which I deny. And perhaps it is in this relationship with other people, with, with uh, trustworthy, safe friends who help me to clarify <coughs> excuse me, the discouragement I might have and where that's coming from and why that is the way that it is might make that burden just a little lighter. And that's what we're missing, I think, in our interactions with each other in terms of encouragement. We land too much on propositional truth, partly because we are insecure about the relational truth that is available to us just by being with somebody else. And, and it's, it, it, it's driven by our problem solving, for sure. Now, <clears throat> what I said at the very beginning is earlier in the, in the comments here is that encouragement is about what the other person needs to hear more than what I have to say. Now, let me, let me give you an example. I, I have uh, led groups for many years, and, and in one particular group that I was a part of, I had a situation arise where one person in the group was sharing about uh, their, I'm going to use plural here just to hide identities, their, their um, experiences around the holidays and how lonely it was and how difficult it was. And another person in my group spoke up and leaned almost entirely into the propositional truth, the, the truth that uh, th- this person was a child of God and loved and that that, that is a, uh, a solution to the loneliness and the, the isolation and the separation that this particular person felt. And as I was leading the group, I, I, I was taken by the countenance. Now, that's a, kind of an old word. It's, it's kind of the facial expressions of the people that, that um, you, we see. And in Scripture, a lot of times it talks about somebody's countenance falling. In other words, it seems like a cloud has just passed over their, their face and, and they've gotten dark. And in this instance, when this, this, the, first, the second person was offering up this, this kind of propositional, results-driven truth to the other person, the, the, the person that was receiving it, their countenance fell. And, and there was part of me that while I was watching that, I was thinking, what's going on in that person's head? And, and I, I, I made the guess, and at this, at this particular point in time, it was, a, it was an accurate guess that the person was kind of processing in their own mind, uh, look, I'm not that good. I don't, I, I, I don't even feel like God has any value or that I'm, I'm of that, any special thing for God to spend any time, and that really doesn't help me very much. And now I'm really lost because not only am I lonely and isolated and alone and, and, and uh, separated from the people that I, that will help me kind of know my value and so forth. Not only that, now I can't even accept this kind of truth to actually have any difference or make any difference for me. 
And as I was watching this little drama play out, I looked at this person and said, after hearing from the opposite, the other person that, that was leaning on the, the propositional truth, I hope you're following me. There's two people here and I'm trying to kind of keep them separate so that it's clear in your mind's eye as to how this played out. So the first person who's who's isolated and alone and, and, and lonely and, and having difficulty has received information and truth from some, some other person. And that person seemed more driven by what they had to say than what this other person, the very first person, had to say, needed to hear. And I looked at the person. I said, does that really help very much? And the person was courageous enough, here comes the word, was courageous enough to say, no, it really doesn't help me much at all. And with that comment, the, the, the second person who wanted to try to encourage with propositional truth toward this person blew up. They absolutely blew up and basically said, well, I don't really care whether you think it's important or not or it's helpful or not. It should be helpful and important to you. And so take it in and do something with it and everything will be fine. And and the, the situation deteriorated considerably because the second person had felt like they, what they had to say was more important than the needs of the first. And I would suggest in, in the context of what we're talking about tonight is that encouragement is two things. One, perceiving what the other person needs. And secondly, fashioning what I have to say or the questions I ask or even the presence I offer in terms of those needs rather than saying the things that I always have heard it said to people that are depressed or people that are anxious or people that are feeling alone or or whatever that might be. And that's that's the key to encouragement because encouragement is speaking to another person's heart. Again, center of the word is the word heart. So how do I enhearten somebody, if I were to put it another way? How do I strengthen their heart? How do I lift up their heart? And I would also add another element to this. How do I come alongside the person to empower that person enough to even own their own heart? And what it is that they're they he or she is experiencing in there because it's frightening, and when something something is frightening, it's a little bit easier to deal with it when I know that I've got other people with me who are not judging my response to my my fear, but are entering into it with me so that I can find the courage to face it and to take further steps to move further into wherever I'm going. And that, that is, it seems to me at least, the key to the nature of encouragement. Because the best encouragement is the one that is fitted for the person it is directed to, rather than expressing what the, what the encourager feels like they need to say rather than what the other person needs to hear. 
And there's a difference between those things. Because ultimately, I cannot know. I cannot know. Even, even somebody like me who's talked to people for, a, for many, many years, I cannot know what's going on in another person's heart unless I ask. And I find a way to empower their voice to give substance to that. And as I begin to understand that, then I have a fighting chance to enter in, to encourage based on what that, that other person needs, and then walk with them into that. And that's a lot more laborious. That is a lot more tedious. It is uh, difficult. It requires more of us, partly because we have to sacrifice ourselves in on behalf of the other person just to know what's going on in them rather than what I feel like I, I'm compelled to say. And what you'll notice, even as if you go back over what I've been saying tonight, is I'm repeating this over and over again because I see it so many times. It shouldn't be left to a counselor to be able to do this. But it requires us to slow down enough to listen to the other person and what their heart is saying and valuing it and validating it no matter where we think it might lead. Because to empower another person to own their own heart is also empowering the person to claim the freedom that is theirs to move maybe in another direction than where they're heading. And see, that's, that's an even bigger thing, but it's slow. It takes time. It takes patience. It, it oftentimes is like a, a, you know, a Dutch oven in terms of the time that it takes or a crock pot in terms of the time it takes to, to help ch- this kind of change take place. We get very time-pressed and overly urgent about outcomes. And I would suggest to you that when we get overly urgent about outcomes, the first person to be dismissed from the picture is the Holy Spirit. Because we've got things to do, people to see, and things to get done. And unfortunately, the, one of the problems that stands before us is this person's discouragement rather than this person's heart. And that's, that, that's, I wouldn't say it's a pet peeve of mine. It, it is something that I see in, in relationships all the time. It's hard to identify. It's not easy to do. I understand that. I'm not asking somebody to be a counselor. I, but this is, this is not, you know, high-level therapeutic activity. This is learning to slow down just to listen and to be able to empower another person, which I suspect for a lot of people that that might be, well, the one person that's listening. I don't know how many people are listening, but for whoever might be listening, our, we always desire to want to come alongside and help the person that we hear is discouraged. It, the key is, is that maybe it's not about what I have to say as much as what I have to offer. And I would suggest to you it would be our presence. And, and the, the encouragement that comes out of that in understanding where the other person is coming from. 
So food for thought for the evening. Um, that is, uh, that's uh, where I'm going to uh, bring it to a close. A couple of things just to remind you, which I've been reminding people, uh, we continue to uh, emphasize and invite and encourage people to uh, be a part of our efforts of uh, raising money for a silent retreat for CCU students. It can be found on the website under the, uh, under the silent retreats in, uh, in the drop-down menu for CCU. I would encourage you to encourage other people, and there's that word. I get to use it a number of times tonight, to empower other people to, to join with us, to, to, to give and to support and make it possible for more students to, to experience this silent retreat as a as a means of their own spiritual formation and participating in it as i said we will have um, some special guests uh, uh, joining the podcast in the next weeks coming up to give you an idea of the the import and the impact of this silent retreat on students lives at the time of their lives that they're engaging it and it's every bit as needed now as it ever is in light of the uh, the pandemic and the separation and isolation that people are feeling, even even with some of the reopening activities that are going on, so that is one thing. Uh, the other couple other things to to uh, invite and encourage you to do is to yeah, subscribe to the website uh, to follow uh, developments there, which I suspect will begin to pick up some speed as as we head into the school year uh, for me at least uh, there are a number of speaking engagements i have coming up that uh, no doubt will show up on the website uh, and then uh, the second thing is is the podcast um, if you're uh, what you're hearing tonight is encouraging and i get to again get to use that word uh, or uh, uh, motivating or influencing for you uh, I would encourage you to, to subscribe to the podcast on Podbean. That's raymitch.podbean.com. Uh, or you can, you can uh, download the, the uh, uh, app from Podbean and, and you would be notified when another podcast comes up. That will probably be a couple weeks from now before I get to, to uh, have another episode uh, put together. And I would encourage you to uh, do either of those things. Subscribe to the podcast through podbean.com, looking up my name, or uh, you can also subscribe for, to the podcast on the website as well. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been uh, 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 an encouraging time to talk about encouragement. And I uh, look forward to seeing you here next time around. As always, love you. Later.